This is Jamie J, host of Stop Riding the Pine, and you are listening to Dear Friends and Family with your host, Patty and Lex. And now, live from ID Studios in Tucson, Arizona, it's... Dear Friends and Family. 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 Dear Friends and Family, how are you? Dear Friends and Family, welcome to Session 11. Woohoo! Session 11. Oh man, it's so awesome. Heck yeah. <laughs> Moving right along. That's right. <laughs> well guys, we have this amazing show for you guys. Oh my gosh, we spoke to a gentleman named Michael Neely. Yes. He is absolutely amazing. He blew our minds over and over again over while we were and talking. Over and over and <laughs> over. I mean, honestly, this guy has so much to say and so much value that it's, I know for a fact that I'm going to be listening to this show over and over and over. Yeah. There was one like key thing and you can see it's what we named the show after this week. We all experience life on different levels. Uh-huh. Suffering is optional. Exactly. <laughs> and it's so, it has so shifted my thinking, you know, that, that concept of like, I am not suffering. You know, like we experience pain, we experience trials, we experience life. Mm -hmm. But as a family, as a unit, as a couple, as an individual, we're not suffering. No, not at all. And that's that's the thing. It's just like a, so many people are stuck on, you know, well, if you're in that much pain, you should be suffering. Why are you laughing and joking? Well, because this is part of my life. But it, I'm not going to let it keep me down. And because your wife's really funny. Yes. And my <laughs> kids are really funny. Like, I love my kids, man. They're awesome. Michael Neely just puts it down, really just brings it down to basics for us. Helps us forget. Yeah. So whether you have chronic illness or not, he really relates to everyone on a personal human level that is just awesome. So enjoy the show. Okay, dear friends and family listeners, it's that time where we remind you to head over to studioids.com and sign up for our email list. You will receive all of the latest updates, releases, and information about our studio. Also, wherever you are listening, from whether it be iTunes or SoundCloud, please give us a comment, a like, and a share. Thank you for supporting our endeavor to open minds one show at a time. Take it away, Patty and Lex. So, Michael, say hi. Hello. Welcome to the show, good sir. Thanks. It's such a pleasure to be here. I, I've been excited about coming on to the show with you guys, and I've loved having the, the pre-show chat that we just had. It's um, it's really great to be here. Heck yeah. So where are we talking to you from? Uh, I don't know. Where are you guys? No, you. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm in Santa Cruz, California. <laughs> Is it a nice day there today? It's a little bit overcast, but it, it's going to be beautiful and hot again, probably. <laughs> I, I went to the grocery store at 8 a.m. and it was 92 degrees already. Oh, my goodness. Where are you? We're, we're in Tucson, Tucson, Arizona. Tucson. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're in the desert. <laughs> uh, yeah, really hot. Yeah. So well, I, it'll probably get up to 80 today here. 80? Ooh, let's move there. Yeah. Well, I can't because I can't take any of my guns with oh, me. stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good sir. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Strangely enough, my first profession was as an actor. And I did that professionally wow. for 20 years. That's what my degrees are in. Really? Yeah, yeah. And then I, when did my son was born, I decided that I didn't want to continue down that path. So I shifted my career to other stuff. I, I waffled a little while, you know, playing around in the pharmaceutical industry. I did some work in media and advertising industry. 
And I finally decided to get into what was most important to me, which is personal development. And it kind of developed along the way. And so right now I have a book coming out this November. It's called The Art of Forgetting. And I also host a podcast called Consciously Speaking, where I share not just my work, but also the work of many other people in the realm of healing and spirituality and uh, conscious thought leaders and mindfulness people. And so it's all about getting the word out about a new way of thinking and being more conscious. That's that is awesome. awesome. Yeah, so, thanks. You know, we were talking with Michael and so your mother experienced some chronic illness, but there wasn't really anything that sort of spurred you in this direction. So we kind of asked ourselves, all three of us together, so why do we have Michael on this show? It kind of comes down to you solving a very human problem, a very chronic human problem. And you said something that really caught my attention, that you came into this work because you realized that you would make a change for a couple weeks and then that change would go away. And I know that that is a very chronic problem that I have. And it's something that is very specifically like that two-week mark. Everything just sort Uh of stops and goes back to old behavior. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so I'm fascinated by the work that you do. And I really think that this applies not only to people with chronic illness, but to everyone. And so I'm really excited to have you on the show. So but first... I want to I want to explain how you know Michael Neely came across to us. I am part of a podcast group and I put out this thing about giving back and I wanted to do logos for people on the group. And Michael Neely was one of the ones that Yeah, coming out with a new show. Yeah, he's coming out with a new show, The Daily Fix. And so he sent me a, a request and he you know, and I wanted to know more about his show. And as soon as he told me more about what he does and more about the show, I was like, what? <laughs> we need is, to talk to this guy. Yeah, we need to talk <laughs> to this guy. <laughs> like my, Michael said before the show, you know, we had a conversation and, and we were talking and it just became so apparent. This was totally on the mark. Why, why we should have him on the show. So. So let's get into it. Heck Yeah. Well, I I guess a good place to start would be for me to tell you how I discovered it for myself about this little two-week habit that we have. At the time that I really came across this, I was working in the pharmaceutical industry, and you may be a little bit familiar with that industry, but one of the things that they do is they spend billions of dollars in combination, all of of the pharmaceutical companies will spend billions of dollars every year training and retraining their salespeople. And what I noticed was we would go on a training, spend a whole week somewhere nice and learn all this great new material. And then we would go back out into the field and we would be gung-ho for about two weeks. And then that would wear off and everybody would be back to the same old, same old. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it really bothered me. And I started to look at that in the first perspective you know, from that angle and then go, well, why does that happen? And I found out that they actually have a term for it and it's called the suntan effect. Really? <laughs> it's kind of like you go on vacation, you get this beautiful tan and you come home and two weeks later, you're back to pale white. <laughs> you know? It's true. Uh, assuming you, that you're not a black person. Okay. <laughs> if you went back to pale white, that would be a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, but actually, any- he does get paler though. He, yes, ha- yeah, he has he has his sun he has his summer shade and he has his winter shade. <laughs> <laughs> so so what was interesting uh, about that is then I go well where else does this occur in my life and I realized anytime I took on a new personal development program 
something that I wanted to learn new. I would adapt these new skills and go out into the world and really be all gung-ho again. And two weeks later, things would start to fade. And sometimes I'm just using two weeks as an analogy, but sometimes it might be two months or, you know, uh, two days. (laughs) Yeah, I really relate to the two weeks though. Like I can be gung-ho for two weeks. Yeah, I think that's kind of the standard. And what I noticed about it as I started to look deeper at it, I was wondering why, why does this happen? And what I stumbled upon for myself is that we have an underlying story that is so deeply ingrained in us that anytime we put new material on top of that, it's just not going to stick because we've still got the underlying truth of what we believe. Wow. Our belief systems. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, and that's totally it because if you don't deal with that underlying behavior, it doesn't matter if you put new material on top of it, it's just going to get erased. I just yeah. have a really interesting analogy. What's that? It's like those organization people, you know, the, the like crazy, like, this is how you organize <laughs> your life, which I can't understand that concept at all. Uh-huh. Um, but like when you go shopping, right? And you buy, let's say you buy five new shirts. Well, then you have to take five old shirts out of your closet and donate them, mm, right? Yeah. So ah. it's that that's how you stay organized once you get there. There's only a certain number of things you can have. With this, when you bring in a new concept and a new idea, you almost got to get rid of the old. You have to get rid of the old one you and do. replace it. It's and like cleaning it yeah. out and keeping yourself organized. Yeah. Because what happens, and I, and I love that you brought up that analogy, Patty, because I use an analogy that's similar. You're, you're talking about a closet, but I use the whole house. And so let's say you go out and you buy a nice new piece of furniture, nice new couch, let's say, and you bring that home and you realize, oh, well, we haven't gotten rid of the old couch yet. Let's put that down in the <laughs> cellar or up in the attic or somewhere out of the way. Let's get the new couch in. And you're sitting on it and, you know, oh, man, love my new couch. And after a couple of weeks, you go, yeah, it's, maybe it's a little lumpy. Well, kind of miss the old couch, you know. And let me let me go sit in that for a little bit and head on down to the to the basement or wherever you stowed the old couch. And you sit in that and you go, oh yeah, this brings back some fond memories. This was nice and comfortable. Wow. And really enjoy that. And the next thing you know, you're bringing that back up to the living room and you get rid of the new couch that you tried to move in because you didn't clear out the old stuff first. And and it's a comfort zone too. That's the reason I like to use that as an analogy yeah, because yeah, we, definitely. even if it's painful, it's comfortable to us because it's known and there's such a comfort in, in the knowing, even if it's painful. Absolutely. We cling to the things that we know. I, I think as human beings, we're resistant to change. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> That is, that is amazing. And so with that, you really have to look at yourself like, okay, you might be stuck in that old couch, but you like it and everything. But that new couch is going to give you new memories. It's going to get comfortable. It's going to get. Right. But you have to get rid of the old couch first. Yeah. Yeah. And the new one will ultimately, if you hang on to it long enough. But the challenge is that most of us don't hang on to it long enough. It goes bye-bye. <laughs> and so one of the things that I teach, and the whole reason my book is titled The Art of Forgetting, is that it's important to forget the things that we are holding on to, these underlying belief systems that no longer serve us, uh, no longer serve us, <laughs> and also that they are often not based in truth anyway. My book is a workbook that actually walks you through a process of 
forgetting these false belief systems. And if you guys like stories, I can share a very specific one for myself. Oh, heck yeah. All right. All right. It's not just, well, there's lots of aspects to it. Let me just put it that way, that deal with addiction. And part of the addiction piece of it is, you know, there's addiction to drugs, alcohol, food, but there's also addiction to a way of being in relationship. And yeah. you may know people who get stuck always dating the wrong person. Over and <laughs> yeah, over. yeah. And they and they'll even complain about it, like, oh, why can't I attract a nice guy? Because <laughs> they're so trapped in a certain aspect. So for me, what happened was early on in my life, when I was 17 years old, I had a girlfriend that cheated on me. And it really it broke my heart and uh, it was devastating at the time, you know, 17 year old, totally, early young yeah. love. And then again, later, a few years later in college, it happened again. And then a few years later, I got married and it happened again. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So it so it became a pattern. And so what happened, though, is I created a truth within myself, a belief system that women cheat. And from that belief system, now I started attracting that into my life. Right, if you believe it. That's what. Yeah, exactly. And the ego wants to be right. So you're going to create it so that you can go, yep, see, I told you I was right. Women cheat. Yeah. So then the more that I looked at that aspect, I started to look at it and go, what's the common denominator? What's wrong? In all these relationships, the only common denominator was me. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, it's got to, is there something going on over here? And so I realized then that this was a story, a belief system that I had created. And as long as I kept that belief going, I would continue to attract that I wouldn't be able to bring in the love of my life. And so I went to work on erasing my story. And the reason I call it the art of forgetting is because it's not about erasing the facts. The facts are there. Woman cheats on you. That's a fact. Yeah. The the other part, the story, the one part you want to forget is what you make it mean. Mm-hmm. And and so I made it mean for me that women always cheat on me. And probably even a, a deeper meaning I probably had in there somewhere was I'm not worthy of a good, healthy relationship. Yeah. So it's these types of beliefs that get stuck with us that aren't true. They're just based on a couple of little facts that occurred. So I had to really uproot those and get rid of that. And I haven't had a bad relationship since. I've never been cheated on since. That's awesome. Wow. That is that is really powerful because you had to change yourself in order to change the the behavior and the, your world around you. I, yeah. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And it works. Part of the challenge is finding what it is that you really, your your underlying belief system. And, and these happen, I used relationships as an example, but finances is another one where you may have a belief system that you don't deserve to earn any more than a certain amount of money. And that belief system will prevent you from earning more. It's, it's important to dig into those elements and figure out what it is that's really gripping you, that's preventing you from going forward. And Patty, I'm curious, you mentioned about the two-week limit for you. Could you share some of any types of stories like this that are popping up for you? Yeah, I, um, <laughs> you just kind of, are you on the spot there? You just kind of, <laughs> no, 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 you just kind of blew my mind for a minute. I've just been, I'm thinking, listening to what you're saying and it's just sort of like opening. So I have, I have issues. I have intimacy issues and it's amazing that I have this man who just like sort of pushes through them <laughs> no matter how resistant I am. And I don't think that 
you know, our relationship could have survived if he didn't. I was thinking about how before I met him, I had received some really good advice of putting down a list of the characteristics that I would want a partner to have and reading that list to myself every day and finding ways to give myself those things. That's where I was when I met my husband. Like I was, I had my list and I was giving myself those things that were on my list. When I met him, we were both very resistant (laughs) because we were so, we were happy on our own. We were happy single. After two and a half weeks, we broke up for three days and then he showed up at my work with roses because he just missed me. And it was like, then all of a sudden, like I had this man who was giving me the things that I was giving myself. It was, it was really this amazing experience but I'm listening to you and I'm realizing because I'm still so resistant to his love I'm still so resistant to what he freely and openly gives me and just listening to you I realized that it's because I never cleaned out those old tapes I never took out the old radio and put in a new one I just changed the station Mm -hmm. right so but all that stuff is still playing in the background like all that static all that noise all that negative thinking all the issues I have with intimacy and being close with somebody like I have very a lot of trouble giving someone praise and it Mm. comes from a very deep rooted when I would give someone praise they eventually would hurt me very badly if I was overly affectionate if I was too kind if I was too giving of that they would just sort of yeah and so I I hold on to that it's I don't know I'm sorry it's okay but I want you to tell Michael, about your two-week thing, okay? Because I can I can list many, but I I, I would rather you do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I've done it with food. I've done it with you know my diet. Like I would go on these crazy diets, and after about two weeks, that would be over. That happened often. It doesn't anymore. I, it's not a diet. I've changed the way I think of food. And so Good. I've taken out all of those old tapes about what food means and put in new ones. And so food is about feeding my body now. So, And since then, she's lost 70 pounds. Wow. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So sometimes I'll find, oh, meditation. We, we had a meditation <laughs> challenge and uh-huh. I did fantastic for two weeks and I've just recently fallen off the wagon, like <laughs> back to my old thinking. And even though I have the thought, it occurs to me that, Oh, I would feel better if I would do this. I still don't do it because <laughs> I'm comfortable, right? Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Some of these tapes that we play are so old, they're eight tracks. Or, Seriously? You know, <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, it's like, what's going on in there? And, and the challenges, I mean, let's use the meditation as an example. I mean, the first thing we'd want to do is get to the root of what is it that stops you, then start to, to peel back the layers of that. Because initially it might be, well, you know, time, because I'm, there's just no time. And so we want to dig beneath that. Well, what's the time issue? I mean, because, hey, even if you meditate two minutes, that's great. So time isn't really the answer. So what is it below that? And we'd start to really dig into, you might realize, oh, it's the commitment. I have a fear (laughs) of committing to something. (laughs) Lex is laughing. Am I onto something there, Lex? Probably. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) 
So it's, it's funny. Really it's funny because I, I think that I don't have commitment issues because I've been in a marriage for almost 11 years. And since day one, she's been pushing me away and trying to find ways to make him leave me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but without breaking any of my vows, I yeah. don't do it in a way that because the marriage is sacred. So I don't do that. But I find ways to emotionally beat him over the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's the thing. It's you, as you start to look deeper and deeper at the layers of what's going on, you really start to unearth some stuff that will surprise yourself. I mean, I cannot even begin to tell you the times when I've gone, holy crap, that's my underlying thought. Whoa, I would have never guessed. And then you set about to really separate the fact from the fiction and that's when you know you start to get things loosened up again and you can recreate your story that's awesome so in your <laughs> in your workbook you're mm -hmm. actually teaching people how to peel back these layers and find get to their root cause well the it's a little harder to do that with the layers because unless i'm there coaching somebody you know to try to do it for yourself can be very difficult that's what I was because thinking. yeah it's, we're yeah. blinded you know you can't see the forest for the trees and so it's difficult to help with that. I mean, I can certainly give ideas and some people may be able to get deeper into their own stuff. But what I really try to do is to help people start to separate whatever their story may be, uh, the fact from the fiction, so that they don't also create new stories. So here's, here's an example of that, is that let's say we erase your story about commitment or, or in my case, you know, women cheating on me. Well, some other ways that we could then go on to make the next story. So now let's say I'm in a relationship and she doesn't cheat on me, but she leaves me and my heart is broken. The fact is she left me. The story I could make that mean is that <laughs> I'm unlovable. Yeah. 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 You know, so so the newer training then is don't create new stories, <laughs> you know, <laughs> learn to really separate your fact and your fiction. And if you're going to create a story, because the truth of it is, Dude, we I love that. Love <laughs> stories, you know? Yeah, totally. Because totally. I mean, yeah. it really is. I know for me, when something happens, I always feel guilty. It's like, all right, maybe I, maybe I, I did something wrong or especially with my illness. Okay. What did I do to deserve? There's all these like plays this little ping pong game in his head. Yes. Back and forth, yeah. back and forth. It's the remix. What is going on? It's the remix radio show with your host, DJ remix, the freaking Puerto Rican and his co-host G child, AKA Supreme intelligent, the boy from Troy, man. What's up? Just to let you all know, we're going to be talking about different topics, current events, trending subjects, all things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be high, high conscious humor, all that. You know what I'm saying? Just stay tuned, man. Check it out. It's going to be real fly. It's going to be for the new school and taking it back to the old school. And also special guest appearance by El Mundo. Jesus! And the Cowboy. Hello! So with that being said, stay tuned. If you want to follow us, go to StudioIDS.com. Once again, StudioIDS.com. And click on my link, The Remix Radio Show. The Remix Radio Show. You know what it is? We out, man. Peace. Peace! How do you deal with some of your chronically ill clients? You said you had some mentally ill folks that you deal with. Yeah. So first of all, as I mentioned as well, if it's a mental illness that requires medication or, you know, psychiatric care, I mean, that's not my realm of expertise. 
But often it's just a matter beyond that illness. And even if someone is medicated, they still have gotten into a habit sometimes of playing the same old tapes over and over again, these old eight tracks. So that's where I would go to work. And one of the easy ways to start that I like people to really get is about bringing awareness back to the table because we're running on autopilot. Mm -hmm. And even with a chronic illness, there can be an autopilot piece playing in that to where it's, you know, oh, this is what I do. It's what I do. And you may even find yourself saying that it is what it is, but that's not necessarily true. And so I try to separate that and some great practices. (laughs) This is one you guys can do today. Okay. The next time you go to eat or brush your teeth, use the opposite hand that you normally would. Okay. Now it sounds pretty simple and even a little bit trite, but the point of this exercise that I always like to start people with is that you will notice immediately you have to engage your mind. Brushing our teeth and eating our food is something we do mindlessly. You don't think about raising the fork to your mouth. You just do it so naturally. It's not like, oh, I'm going to lift this fork to my mouth. But if you switch hands, you notice that you've got to pay attention so you don't poke yourself in the eye because you're not not used to it. Or brushing your teeth with the opposite hand, you've got to go slower and more gingerly because you're poking yourself in the gums really hard. (laughs) And so try it out and you will notice, oh, I really have to engage my thought process here. Yeah, like what was I thinking about before when I was brushing my teeth? I definitely wasn't thinking about brushing my teeth. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an automatic thing. Yeah, we go through so much of our life on autopilot. And so a lot of what I teach as well is about getting back into your body, into awareness, into presence. So let's actually play with this a little bit for chronic pain. While I don't necessarily deal with patients who are suffering from chronic pain, I have suffered myself from a certain stuff. I used to joust and sword fight for a living. So I have some residual nice. injuries. In that. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty strange, but that, that was a, a career of mine for 12 years. Okay. I ha- okay. I have to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I can get to the pain story later. What do you have to know? No, I just have like, were you, you were riding a horse Yes. and you were fighting people in <laughs> yeah. armor with swords and armor and shields. Were you part of like one of those restaurant uh, places? Yes, I started jousting at medieval times dinner. Nice, awesome. I'm eating there. That place is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that that was a lot of fun. So I started there. I worked for them for six years. I became the head night and show manager, and I traveled around and opened other locations. That is and so, so that cool. that took me out to New York and deposited me there. And and then when I left that company, I jousted six more years for the New York Renaissance Fair. Oh, wow. That is so cool. That is really cool. Yeah, I'm sure. So you really got some injuries then. Yeah, yeah. So I've had, you know, knee surgery and I've had stitches in the head from being hit with a sword and a broken finger and (laughs) all types of stuff. And and one of the big ones was the, the knee surgery from doing stunt falls. I still suffer knee pain from time to time. And I was working with a mentor of mine on the whole process of separating ourselves from our pain. Okay. And what happened is during this particular session, and it was a group session, but I, you know, he was checking in with people to see how they're feeling. And I said, well, I'm noticing that I feel this, you know, pain in my knee. We were squatted, you know, sitting on the floor. And he says, okay, well, why don't you tell me a little bit about the pain? So I described it a little bit and he said, then, okay, now I want you to shift into 
your bigger self, as he was terming it at this particular time. It's like our bigger consciousness, the part of us that is connected to everything. And so he walked me through a little bit of that process, and I tapped into that and was almost being an observer of my physical body having this experience. And he then asked me again, he says, so now tell me about the pain. And literally I looked around for a little bit and was trying to find it. And I had to say, what pain? (laughs) But seriously, it, from that perspective, it was gone because I'm a firm believer that we are spiritual beings having a human experience and that our spirit doesn't feel that pain. And yes, our body is experiencing it, but if we can pull back into our spirit selves, our observe from that position, often that pain can subside. So part of what you do, Michael, is give people sort of like quick tips that they can use to help like on their daily basis that they can implement immediately. Yeah, this is what your new show is going to be about, The Daily Fix, right? And I think it's important because especially with this day and age when we want everything in smaller bites, it seems, except for the food on our plate, (laughs) (laughs) to get more. But at least with information, we want it in bite-sized chunks. And so in your Daily Fix, I plan to supply just daily bits of advice. I guess as a good example would be one I could share right now is that- Well, how about, for instance, that we forget what we think we know? As an example, in a relationship, you know, with you, Lex and Patty, you you know each other so well. You've been together for a long time. Yeah, there's definitely some certain value in that. I mean, it's important to remember your anniversary. You don't want to get in trouble. (laughs) It's coming up very soon. Next week. Yeah, or birthdays. (laughs) You don't want to forget those. Yep, yep. But it would behoove you, would behoove any of us to forget that, gosh, you know, every time I do this, Lex does this. Or every time I act this way, this is Patty's response. If you can let go of some of that and just get to experience your partner fresh and new, and there's a, it's a little bit of a game because you have to somewhat pretend that you no longer know these things. <laughs> you That's know? crazy. But Yeah. But imagine waking up next to your partner every morning and look over at them and say, do I know you and really mean it so that you get to experience them fresh every day, just showing up the way they're going to show up. Me too. That's amazing. I wonder if I can do this longer than two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome. Yeah. And and here's the, the challenge of it, Patty, is that Within the world of the pharmaceutical industry, again, I, I was in that industry for several years. One of the things that I learned about was a double blind study, which you guys probably know, but maybe yep. for the listeners who don't, in a double blind study, they're obviously they're testing a placebo versus an actual drug. Right. And yep. it's important that the patient not know whether he's getting the placebo or the actual drug. Right. It's also important that the doctor not know whether he's giving you the placebo or the actual drug. And as I started looking at that, I'm like, well, why the hell does it matter if the doctor knows That's he's not taking know. the bill? Studies have proven that the doctor's expectations on the patient's results affect the outcome. No way. So that's why they do double-blind studies. So now imagine this. It translates into everything we do in life. So in other words... Lex, if you expect Patty 
to respond a certain way, you have increased the likelihood that she will respond that way. Are you with me? Yeah. What? Oh my gosh. I love this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. So, so if you can let go of those expectations and, and you've got to really get this on a deeper level, because even if you're subconsciously still expecting that you're still, cause this is, we're talking about our interactions on a subconscious level that you expect Patty to show up a certain way. She's got an imp- increased chance of showing up that way. If you can let go of that, it frees up Patty to show up however she's going to show up. What? I love it that. opens a whole world of possibility. Yeah, her. that sounds amazing. I am totally going to do this. So how exactly do I do that? Like, I just wake up and pretend I don't know this person? Well, try to take it below pretend. Now, at first, it's, it's one of those situations of maybe where you fake it till you make it. But initially, you just pretend like, I don't know you. What's your favorite color? You know, even though maybe you she's told you before. And Patty, don't get upset and expect, this is the other piece of it, is that, <laughs> is that my wife would be, you don't remember, I told you this before. <laughs> I'm like, sweetie, my whole thing is about forgetting. I want to forget. I want to experience you new and fresh every day. So yeah, maybe you have to tell me every day that blue is your favorite color. But remember if they're allergic to peanuts. Okay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> or remember the important stuff. Of and course, yeah. the stuff that's not so important. And, so... and it takes practice. I mean, you really do need to implement this over and over again. And it's about awareness. Like I, I talked about with the exercise of brushing your teeth or eating, bring awareness back to it. Don't go through life on autopilot. The functioning of our system that believes someone's going to be this way around us, it's an autopilot function. Wow. Bring awareness back to it and curiosity. And it's a practice. It's just a daily thing that you just keep implementing. This is amazing. I love that everything around me right now is telling me to put purpose in everything I do. Yeah. It's so crazy. So we Mm -hmm. listen to uh, Shalene Johnson a lot. Yes. She just yesterday was talking about even when you go on social media, you do it with a purpose. What is your goal? Why are you on Facebook? And I do that. Like I go on Facebook and I just mindlessly scroll through my news feed. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's such a like mindless escaping activity with no purpose. I'm just starting to realize there's so many habits that I have. I know all the little things that he likes. So I think, so I do things in a very particular way, right? But then he says, why don't you ever do this? (laughs) Because you like it this way. (laughs) That's true. That's so true. I guess we've set up these expectations for each other. Yeah. You know, it's like, I know that you like things a certain way, right? you know, and you know, I like things a certain way. So if we work on forgetting and doing things new. Experiencing each other who for who we are, not yeah. who we think we are. Yeah. And and for the partner then too, be careful to not chastise your other partner for asking or for experiencing you new. Because that's the other rub of this whole practice is that there's a piece of us that wants people to know this is the way I like it, damn it, do it that way. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's very true. It's very yeah. true. So don't chastise them. Just, you know, as long as you both know that you're in this practice, then just say, okay, hey, I get it. You're you're playing with this. And I appreciate that you're opening up the possibility. And then maybe two for me. Okay. You know, I have always liked it this way, but maybe there is another way. Let me open up to my own possibility around this too. I love this thinking. 
I love yeah. it. I absolutely yeah. love this thinking. I was just thinking about this. You know, some people may be listening to the show and go, what does this really have to do with illness? And it has a lot to do with illness because if you are mentally clear, then you can laugh. Mm -hmm. You know, you can laugh about things. It doesn't matter how bad things are in our family. It is a huge deal for us to laugh, to make things fun. You know, we've come up with other ways to enjoy each other because of the limitations that we now have, but we still have a lot of fun with each other. Well, just yeah. because we're chronically ill doesn't mean we stop working on our marriage. Yeah. Marriage is a constant journey. I don't know where the fairy tale, it doesn't like you get married and then happily ever after the end. Like, <laughs> no, it's no. been 11 years of really hard work. Yes. And damn it, it's worth it. And I'm not mm -hmm. going to stop working on it. Yeah. I know it can be even better. Well, I was going to say, it sounds to me like you guys have really tapped into an important piece that I'm a firm believer in. And that is that pain is inevitable mm -hmm. and suffering is optional. Yeah. 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 Completely. It, completely. Yeah. And, th and that's where what I'm teaching can relate to pain because someone who's suffering from chronic pain, you're, that is part of your life. And, and actually, maybe I shouldn't even say suffering from pain. You are experiencing pain. That is part of your life. The suffering is the stuff we put on top of it. The Absolutely. stuff that we make up about it to mean, you know, my life is worthless. Okay? Right? Those types of thinking patterns that just double the pain. They yeah. make it so much yeah. worse because you're not in this state of going, okay, yes, there's the pain. And now what can I do with my life? Yeah. Now, now what can I experience that's fun or something else? So six months ago, I would have been worried about Lex when he went through an episode. Like I would have been worried about the fact that we own guns, right? Like I would have been worried about his own mental ability to get through the yeah. pain. But this last episode that he had, it was like two weeks long. I had no fear. We've really shifted our thinking to exactly what you're talking about. Pain is just part of our story. It's not who we are. It doesn't define our marriage. It doesn't define our family. It does add limitation, but it's not going to get in our way of living life. And Absolutely. I had somebody ask me, you know, is, is like safe at home on his own? And I said, <laughs> you know what? The man has too much to live for. Yeah. Mm. And Beautiful. it's true. Like that's the place that we've gotten to with this. Life is still good. Life is still beautiful. Our life experiences pain yeah. it's physical pain but it doesn't mean that we're suffering well and i want to thank the podcast exchange group and you because you guys have kept my mind like yeah, you guys have no idea yeah <laughs> <laughs> he put out that thing awesome. he put out that thing to do free logos he's like here i'm gonna give away five free logos and what was what you guys were really doing is you were shifting his thinking from being stuck in his body to I'm going to help somebody. Yeah. And mm -hmm. he was able to just not be stuck and able to just keep moving forward and keep his his mind in a different place. And it was, it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. And just conversating with everybody on there and just conversating with you. And it was great because even though I couldn't be a part of the studio for pretty much those two weeks, I was still a part of a part of you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. so i mean it was absolutely awesome i want to thank you and i want to thank the podcast exchange group for 
keeping me busy. <laughs> Thank you for what you've offered. I mean, it's been wonderful. I love what you're doing with my logo and I'm excited to hopefully within a month or two get that out to the world. Heck yeah. Michael, thank you so much for being on this show. This has been mind-blowing, I'd have to say. <laughs> yeah, totally. Thank you so much. I think there's a lot of, uh, just a lot of value and just a lot of mind-blowing awesome. things. Yes, it was just great. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy this. Yes. Mm. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love what you guys are up to and the style of your show and just how comfortable you made me feel here. So I, I really appreciate you guys. Excellent. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much. All right. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. That's all, folks. <laughs> wow, what a great show. That was a great show. Thank you, Michael, for being on our show. You guys can check him out at michaelneely.com. He has his podcast, Consciously Speaking, and soon... He will be putting out his show, Your Daily Fix. <laughs> That's going to be an awesome show. I can't wait to listen to that. Me too. I'm really looking forward to that one. Heck yeah. Don't forget to check us out at lovethefam.com. That's right. And sign up for our email list. And wherever you are listening to, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud, Please leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. If you like the show, if you don't like our show, and every week we'll pick somebody to read their review live. Heck yeah. So with that, sincerely, Lex and Patty. We're out.